Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. So uh, this uh, sermon is actually part of a three-part series where I focused on laying a foundation for our core values of this house. So at the beginning of the year, I, I taught on the foundation of a brave um, of a brave culture, um, and then uh, I think it was around May I taught on the foundation of a covenantal community. And so, what am I going to teach on today? The foundation of influence. So, um, what we're actually planning on doing is uh, once we put all, we're going to put all these together and have them on the website, so that when we have people come in, or if you, you just want to refresh on our core values and. Um, why we believe the things that we do and why we value those things. We'll have those for you guys. All right. So uh, I just want to do a quick, uh, I just want to do a quick uh, summary of the other sermons, just really quick. So when I taught on the foundation of a brave culture, uh, I taught on how we believe in the God of the impossible and we will boldly go where he leads. And the truth is you can't separate the impossible, and boldly going, right? If we want to see the impossible, we got to step outside of our comfort zone and we have to boldly go where he leads. So we courageously and continually pursue him to partner with what he's doing. So it's really important to point out as well that in a brave culture, fear is confronted. All right? Uh, why, Why is that? Because perfect love cast out fear. Another version says it drives out fear. So it's not a passive response, okay? So in a brave culture where we value bravery, we will confront fear in all its many facets because fear can uh, look different in a lot of different ways, right? So the foundation of a brave culture is actually love. This is why we courageously pursue him in what he's doing, We go after him because why? We love him, right? This is why we're committed to confronting fear in in its many manifestations because perfect love drives out fear. And and before I move on, I'm going to say, I'll I'll end it with this, but uh, what does perfect love feel like? What does it feel like? Well, perfect love feels like the absence of fear. Because what does perfect love do? It drives it out. So when you, I mean, we're always growing in perfect love. But the more we grow in love, fear, the feeling of fear leaves. Because perfect love actually casts out fear. Fear Make sense? All right. So then I taught on the foundation of a covenantal community. Uh, I talked about how it was a part of God's plan for you to be connected to a covenantal relationships, that God was very clear even from the beginning because he said, it is not good for man to be alone, all right? And if you want all the scriptures with that, you can go back and listen to it. So the enemy's plan is to separate and isolate. And then I laid a foundation of what it meant to be in covenant, what it looks like or how it's expressed And thirdly, I talked about the value and the benefits of that covenantal relationship. So this sermon is going to round off all those, and I'm going to talk on the foundation of influence. So what does it mean to be influenced, or what does it mean to be an influencer? What's actually going behind the scenes with influence? Influence is happening at all times, whether we realize it or not. So it's important that we understand it and take responsibility for it both personally and in community, okay? So in influence, I'm gonna focus on how we can take responsibility for it in our own personal life, as well as how we take responsibility in 
the context of community. So, Lord, we just come before you and we just thank you for today. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth will be coming from you. And, Lord, I just pray that hearts are open and minds are ready to receive all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first step in understanding influence is to understand ourselves. More specifically, how we were created to function. When God created man, he placed within him the ability to function as a vessel. So say, it's a part of my design to be a vessel. So when God made us, he said, I'm going to put them with the ability to function as a vessel. And I'm going to get into a little bit more of that. But in scriptures, we're actually called vessels. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, this treasure is talking about the light of God, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So what are we called? Earthen vessels. Another version will say jars of clay. And you thought that was just a band. No. All right. 2 Timothy 2, 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, the latter was dishonorable vessels, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So being a vessel has a purpose. Does this make sense? I know. It's real basic. We also see this same concept in 1 Corinthians six nineteen. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. So we hold, we carry, and we, conf- we convey the Holy Spirit inside of us. That's the concept of what a vessel is. Luke 6, 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Do you see how we contain things? So we were actually designed, we were created to actually hold things and carry things. Have you ever heard of someone carrying a fence? Have you ever heard of someone carrying the glory? It's what what they're allowing inside their vessel. Does this make sense? All right. So the earlier examples referred to, well, let me finish it. And an evil man brings Evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I love that version. It just makes me laugh. Your mouth speaks what you're full of. I don't know. I thought it was funny. So what are you full of, right? All right. All right. I need Josh to go. All right. So the early examples... The early examples refer to believers, and the last passage speaks to mankind as a whole, right? That mankind was designed to function as a vessel, and the quality of that vessel was determined by the contents it carried and conveyed, okay? So inside of every human being, God placed within them the ability to function as a vessel. So what is the purpose of a vessel? It's to hold, is to transfer, is to carry, is to convey, is to receive and to distribute, okay? So we were designed with this purpose in mind. It's really interesting how the word of God uh, describes uh, the children of God as a whole, as what? Anybody know? The body, right? And what do... And what, what did we just talk about? What, what does the scripture describe us as individuals, as vessels? Okay? So the function of blood vessels is to carry blood throughout the body. Okay? The whole is called the body, right? Are you guys with me? Okay. So the whole is the body and we are the vessels. So the function of blood vessels is to carry blood throughout the body. Arteries and veins are the largest blood vessels. Arteries move blood, which contain oxygen and nutrients to muscles and organs, and and veins carry the blood back to the heart. So think of this. Blood equals life. So think of the body as a whole, and we as vessels 
transfer life to one another. Does this make sense? All right, and I'm going to get into a little bit more of that later, but we don't want to jump ahead of ourselves. So now that we know that it's a part of our design to function as a vessel, how does that correlate with influence? What does it mean to influence or be influenced? Influence originated from a Latin word that means inflow, which means the act or process of flowing in or into, okay? So influence has to do with flowing in, okay? It deals with flow, not flow the, the what is the, the Geico or whatever, not flow. Progressive, yeah. So think of it like the inflow of water or the inflow of funds, the inflow of information. You can think of influence in this way. It means to move into place. Say, say with me, influence means to move into place. So generally speaking, for something to move into place, it requires structure. So if I'm out doing outside work and I need water over here, I need water from this spigot to over here. So I get a hose, right? Or a farmer would get an irrigation system, okay? So influence, so influence for it to flow to its proper place, it requires structure. Does this make sense? How many of you know over the past week, some of the water that came in did not have structure? And what did it do? It damaged, right? All right, so funds, how, how do funds flow? Well, we have a banking system, right? Or if, if mom wanted to bless me, she could give me a check. That would be a structure of passing funds, right? Or cash. I'll take cash as well. That's, that's another one. I could still go open the fridge if I need to be like, what's in here? 37 years old, still opening my parents' fridge. I don't think that ever changes. Uh, mom says it's okay, and dad's like, <laughs> I know who to go to, right? <laughs> That's why he's rolling his eyes right now. All right, so an inflow of information. So we have this thing called the internet, right? We have books, right? We have even radio waves. But unless, how many of you have ever gone to a place and be like, where's the Wi-Fi? There's no structure in place for me to get the information that I need, right? So for kingdom influence to be transferred, it requires a vessel, okay? Well, what, what did we just talk about? Water, funds, uh, information. For heaven, for kingdom influence to be transferred, it requires a vessel. Now, obviously, there are times where God, does, God just does what he wants to do, Right? But you can look throughout Scripture. Moses had to put his staff in the water. There are times where you see it throughout Scripture where God will use a vessel so that heaven can come to earth. Does this make sense? So when Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, it wasn't a prayer for God to move. It was a prayer for us to move into place. Are you guys seeing this? How does, how does heaven come to earth? It requires a vessel. So when we pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done, don't be thinking, God, I want you to move. Think, what do I need to do to be moved into place so that heaven can come to earth? Does this make sense? All right. So the majority of people will not experience heaven unless they encounter a channel of it. Influence deals with direction, access, and flow. So direction means where is it going? And where is it coming from? Have you guys ever influenced a situation in your life? So influence flowed from you. Have you ever been influenced? Influence flowed into you. Do you see how it flows, right? And we're vessels, right? So we receive and then we distribute. Access, it de deals with, do I allow access or am I given access? So guess what? We can also say, no, thank you. 
don't want any of that bitterness right now. Thank you. We can cut off access, right? But we can also look and say, do I actually have access to influence? Because you'll only be frustrated if you're trying to influence a situation that you have no access to. Does that make sense? It also deals with flow, meaning it's not stagnant. It's constantly moving. Influence is both incoming and outgoing. Every person experiences both receiving and giving influence. The truth is, influence is happening at all times, even now. It's happening right now, unless you're asleep. No one's asleep. Okay. Well, actually, we'll get into that. It is actually influencing you. All right. So I'm being a channel for what's been imparted to me, right? So influence is happening now. So the things that God has given me, poured into me, influenced me, I am now pouring it out. And then you have the option to receive what I'm saying. Do you see how influence flows? So influence revolves around this idea, what flows from me, and that means I'm an influencer, and what flows into me, meaning I'm being influenced. How then do we become aware and take responsibility for how influence affects us personally? Now, this scripture verse, every time I preach, is in it. But I will say this. It begins with this statement. Proverbs 4.23. Above all else. Don't you think we should probably talk about if it says above all else? All right. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So what is it saying? Be watchful Guard what you allow into you. For everything that you do flows from what is actually coming in. Does this make sense? So why are we guarding or watching? There's two reasons. There's always incoming influence. It's always happening all the time. Both positive and both negative. But are you aware of what's influencing you? Have you ever gotten to a place where um, a situation just got, got you mad and something came out of you and you're like, whoa, what was that? No one here. No, and that never happened to anybody. <laughs> what was that? Obviously, there was something that I allowed in that is making its way out. Yes. Does this make sense? I know it's real simple, but... Good to hear these things. So the second reason is, well, the first reason was it's always coming. There's always incoming influence. And the incoming influence you allow will directly affect your outgoing influence. Think about this. Why does he say guard and watch over? Because what comes in will automatically come out. In Hebrew where it says, for out of it flows, refers to outgoing or a going out. So everything that you do, action, response, is a reflection of what you give access to. You know the beautiful thing of freedom? You know that we're free in Christ? Awesome, amazing, right? It also means I can have whatever I want. That's freedom, right? I can have, I have been given power over my own vessel, meaning I can allow something in or I can reject it. So when we say we have freedom in Christ, it means I can have whatever I want. Does this make sense? I didn't say everything was beneficial. I didn't say everything was holy or righteous. I'm just saying we can have whatever we want. I mean, wouldn't it just be perfect if there was no uh, evil tree? Well, then there wouldn't be freedom, would there? Does this make sense? Then there wouldn't be freedom because there would be no choice. All right, that's another sermon. All right, can you see how influence flows? 
Influence is received and then it flows from us in action. Influence is always coming and it's always going. Influence is happening consciously as well as unconsciously. Wow. Meaning you're being influenced whether you realize it or not. And I'm going to talk about that. So what we must do is to take command authority of that influence. How do we do that? I believe the first step is to be aware that I'm being influenced at all times. Just be aware of it. In the conversations that we have, the things that we uh, consume, everything is influencing us. Everything. Everything. Whether I'm conscious of it or not, it's happening. So the first step is just to be aware of it. The second step is to take command or responsibility for it. Meaning, you have the power to, de to decide what you give access to. Say, I have the power to decide what I allow in me. In your heart, in your vessel. You have the power. Is there a song for that? I got the power. All right. I knew there was, but perhaps like that's a little ahead of my generation. Yeah. So we got the power. You know, I think I should get like little clips. You know how like radios, radios will have like, uh, they just hit the button. I'll be like, we got the power. And it's like, we got the power. That might be a little too much. All right. But it might happen. The idea has come. I'm not sure where it came from, but uh, it came. It was received. All right. So Proverbs 4.23, this is another version. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Course correction or change is simple when you deal with the source. You know, we'll always be frustrated with behavior modification if we solely focus on the action and not the source. Just be like, I'm just always dealing with this bad attitude. And I'm, I'm just going to make the right thing. And, I'm, and we're so focused on the, the action or the attitude. Maybe the better question is, what have I allowed in my vessel? And maybe it's something that's recent, or maybe it's something that came in before that was just never dealt with. Ever have those little buttons that get pushed sometimes? That means something came in. I'm not even talking demonic. I'm just saying something came in that's affecting my response. Yes. But I got the power. All right. <laughs> I got the power to get rid of it. I have the power to actually put things in me that can reverse that. Right? There are no victims in the kingdom. All right. So what influence am I giving access to that reinforces my, accent, my actions? It's not what flows from you. It's not just what flows from you in speech. But what has the power to be the rudder of your life? What did it say? Guard over your heart above all else because it actually determines, it's actually the rudder to your life. Wow. And I'm, this, isn't a, this isn't a negative sermon. I'm just saying you got the power. You got the power to allow the kingdom in. The reason it's important to take responsibility for the access that you give is because you have whatever you want. So this message isn't really about don't listen to this, don't watch this, don't talk about this. It's not any of that. You can have whatever you want. Do you like what's flowing from you? If you do, reinforce it. Reinforce it. If you don't, Go back to the source. Where is this coming from? And like an irrigation system, turn it away. All right. You can always trace behavior, 
emotions, fear, doubt, anger back to its source. It's never just like, oh, where did that go? Let me just say this. You should never be surprised what's inside of you. Now, you might be surprised that something's affecting you that you didn't realize that it would affect you in that way. You might be surprised about that. But you should never be surprised what's inside of you. Why? You got the power, right? You have the power what comes in and what doesn't, all right? Many of you, how many of you ever felt like you need uh, to take a break from the news? Yeah, a long time ago. I just don't understand it. I am just so angry. I don't even know where it's coming from. And I'm just, I just feel like things just aren't going to work out. Could it be from the news? <laughs> because if you're just putting it in, I'm not even just talking about content. I'm just saying if it is always drama and it's always chaos, could it be that's why we're feeling? Like, we always think, like, if it comes in this way, it's going to manifest this way. But sometimes it comes in this way, and then we're just frustrated with our friends or our family. And, but it's coming in because all the things we're feeding on from the news. Does this make sense? Like I said, this message isn't about turning off the news. I'm just saying we can have whatever we want. You know, pastor, pastor, please pray for me. I just have this, this sense that I'm going to die, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, we command this fear to go in the name of Jesus. And then we pray, so what's going on in your life? Uh, you know, oh, yeah, um, I'm watching this new series on serial killers. <laughs> I know we say duh, right? We say it. But sometimes we don't put two and two together. It's never that simple, right? But it is kind of that simple. Like, I'll pray for you, and I'll pray real hard. But if you keep on putting that in you, you can have whatever you want. Right? I, I'm not saying don't watch it. Some people can watch it and not be affected by it. Some people can watch it and be like, I want to be a forensic scientist. <laughs> and it's something within them that gets them fired up. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying there could be correlations for things that are happening in your life. Have you ever had like a rough week emotionally and you've just been meditating on past offenses? And then everybody around you is like, why are they so grumpy? <laughs> it's like... It's kind of like a good repellent for friends. It's just like, oh, they just need some time out right now. And then generally what happens is the Holy Spirit speaks to us and we align some things and we repent or we uh, forgive or, and then things align, right? But it's because what I was feeding on, right? You know, you could be listening to things where, um, it's informational, but it's always questioning things. And then you're wondering why everything in your life you're questioning. Does this make sense? Like I said, you can have whatever you want. Because influence is happening at all times, it's imperative that we take responsibility to watch over it. We are encouraged to take this posture. What does it say? Watch over your heart with all diligence. Now, I don't know what it takes to be an expert in a field, but I played one year of Little League Baseball, so I think that's probably sufficient to have an opinion on this. But, uh, but one thing in little, little League Baseball is, hey, when in Little League Baseball, they could be like chasing butterflies, right? They're not like that into the game, but I, I remember when I was a kid, they, teach, they taught you to be ready for the ball, right? 
to be in the ready position. I don't even know what it's called. Maybe there's a name for it. Because if you're not ready, it can be dangerous. <laughs> even in the little league, uh, some of those kids, you know, maybe they lied about when they were born. You never know. <laughs> so the point is, be ready. Just be aware. I, I think sometimes people hear a sermon like this and be like, oh, my word, i got to think about everything. And No, I'm, I'm just saying, be aware. Like, if, if something is coming out of you that you don't like, be aware. It's from something that I'm allowing in. Does this make sense? We are encouraged to be in the ready position. It's believed that 98% of, brain, of your brain activity is completely unconscious. That should tell us something. 98% of your brain's functions you don't even know is going on. Meaning, you're not telling your heart to beat. It's beating, right? Your body's digesting food. You're not telling it to. You're not like, now's the time to do this, <laughs> right? It's happening. You're, you're processing sensory input. Every thought, every, every self-talk, Meaning, uh, like, you could have a, you get home and you're snippy um, with your spouse and you're like, well, what happened at work? Well, nothing happened at work. Oh, yeah, that. And then I was kind of thinking about that all day. Not really consciously, but it was just rehearsing in me. Does this make sense? So much of what goes on in the brain is unconscious. This also lets us know that much of the world around us is influencing us in a subconscious level. Subconscious means part of the mind of which one is, fully, is not fully aware, but which influences one's actions and feelings. Wow. This could seem discouraging, right? So how then do we take command of influence that we're unconscious to? That sounds like a good question. Well, we have to realize that we have the power. Hey, Danny, can you just, uh, I got the power. Okay, all right. We, ha we have to realize that we have the power to directly affect our unconscious reality by commanding our conscious reality. So what do I mean by that? I directly affect my unconscious thought by how I command my conscious thought. This is why we are commanded to take every thought captive. The Bible says to take every thought captive. Which ones are those? The ones that you're aware of. Make sense? So there's no point in trying to dig up problems in your subconscious. There might be times for that in a counseling session. I don't know. I'm not an expert on it. But I'm saying, don't get in a place where you're trying to dig stuff up. But if it comes out, oh, maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that God is saying, let's deal with this. So our responsibility is to what we know, not what we don't. This is why we speak faith statements and command our body to come into alignment. We are not only addressing our conscious reality, but our unconscious reality. Our brain is doing 90% of its job, 98%, without us realizing it. We don't realize it until it affects us in some way. Have you guys ever been afraid, like felt fear, and your heart starts beating faster? Did you tell your heart to beat faster? Say, I'm afraid, heart, beat fast now. Or you start sweating, you get clammy. Or your stomach feels, Ugh. Did you tell your body to do that? So something happened. I felt an emotion, and my brain started commanding my body to do something. Does this make sense? So a function of the brain is to start the, so a function of the brain starts to affect you in a way that you become aware of its working. 
Because you become aware of it, what do you do then? You talk to yourself. Have you ever been afraid and your heart starts beating faster? It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. What are you doing? You're commanding your conscious thought to control something that you're unconscious about. Does that make sense? It's going to be okay. Or we could do the opposite. My life is over. <laughs> and then what happens? The heart starts boom, 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 boom. Meaning, I have the ability, I have the power to actually control what my unconscious brain is doing by talking to it. Does this make sense? So what does this tell us? That our conscious thought affects our unconscious activity in our body. Have you ever felt like, you know, I'm just tired all the time. I'm just so, I'm tired. I'm tired of when I get up, I'm tired. Now, there could be physical things that are going on, but could it be because I'm commanding my mind to treat my body in a certain way? Ever think of that? Well, now you did. All right. So why do we declare heaven's reality? Why do we identify with Christ's identity? Why do we decree his truths? Because it has the power to change us from the inside out. When we de decree the truths of his word and what he says over us, it actually has the power to affect the part of my brain that I have no power to affect. Have you ever wondered why God brings things to the surface that you were unconscious of, but you realized God was trying to bring healing. So what does that tell us? This thing that was in me was affecting my brain. It was affecting my rudder. And like I said, there's no need to go dig it up. I'm just saying when it comes up, I believe God is saying, let's deal with this. And let's start sending life to that area of the heart. And how do we do that? We do that by commanding our influence. Does this make sense? Awesome. All right. So don't be discouraged when you recognize negative mindsets or cycles of failure. It just means that now you have the power to command and direct life to those areas. It means that his desire is for his kingdom to move into place. So don't allow the, the enemy to harass you when things start coming up. It just means that heaven wants that place of the heart. Does this make sense? All right. So we were designed in such a way that he gives us the power to steward our own vessel. Psalms 103.1. Or, yeah, 103.1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. I know, like, when you read this, you think, well, that's saying, with everything that I am, bless your holy name. And I do believe that's what it means as well. But I think if we look at it a little closer, what does it say? All that is within me, bless his holy name. So it makes me think that the contents that we hold or do not hold are acts of worship. Every time I take a thought captive is an act of worship. What did it say? All that is within me, bless his holy name. So why is it worship when we take a thought captive? Because it's protecting the vessel. Are you guys seeing this? Every time you resist bitterness, you demonstrate a deliberate act of worship. Like when someone said, well, um, I normally don't say this, but let me just tell you. Um, and then you say, wait, wait a second. Not really interested. What is that? It's an act of worship. Because I'm protecting my vessel. Every time you embrace joy instead of fear, we bless his holy name. 
Look at what happened. You know what? I'm going to relate to what God says about this. What is that doing? It's an act of worship. Every time we cultivate a healthy heart, we soften the ground for a harvest of praise. Meaning when we protect our heart, it's easy that all that is within me bless his holy name. Does this make sense? Have you ever been dealing with something and you really had to push through and worship? Have there been times where you came in and you just felt so free inside and it was just bubbled right out of you? Sure. So this message is dealing with the essence or the foundation of influence. Influence in its most basic sense is what flows from me, what flows into me. So our, our core value or our goal is to see people of all ages continue to cultivate and activate what they receive. What did I just talk about? What is influence? What comes in and what goes out? So our goal is to see people of all ages to continue to cultivate and activate what they receive to be a righteous influence in every area of society and to see lives and cultures positively transformed. So what is the basic concept of this? Is I receive life and then I extend life. I receive life and then I extend life. Sometimes we think having influence only in a grand sense. Like, you know, when mom talks about influence, we're going to change nations, people. We're going to transform society. All true, right? But influence in its most basic sense is how do I steward what is coming in me and what am I releasing? So we miss the basic truth that influence begins with personal responsibility. As believers, how do we steward what we've been given? So that was personally, and quickly I'm going to go over uh, how we take responsibility for it in, in community. So we have the responsibility to take community or authority over influence. How do we steward the exchange of influence in community? First, it's important to point out in our name, giving light. What is giving light? It's wherever we go, we carry a light that has the power to positively transform the world around us. So it's because the light that we have in us is now extended to the world around us. That's the concept of influence. Secondly, it's important to understand that our value for influence is intertwined with our value for covenant and bravery. You will never experience true covenantal relationships if you're unwilling or fearful to open yourself up to receive the exchange of life. We believe in cultivating and demonstrating the exchange of life. What do I mean by cultivating? I mean you got to work at it. How do you exchange healthy life? Meaning we have to work at it. We have to put time into it. We have to invest into it. Right? If there's a weed, you pull it. Hey, if you want to pull some weeds, you can come over to the house. That would be great. Awesome. Actually, the kids are getting to the point now where they're picking weeds. And I have to say this like 400 times in a row. you got to pull it from the root. If you don't pull it from the root, then they're going to come back, and we're going to have to come back again and pull it from the root. All right. That, okay, something came out of me just there that I guess I need to deal with. I will say this. You know who's picking the weeds at the church? Me and the kids. So if you see, now we haven't done it in a week or so. So if you look at it, no weeds. Think of the children. All right. You got to be willing. To, okay, so you have to cultivate it and you have to demonstrate it. You got to be willing to show or demonstrate it, not just feel it or experience it. Sometimes in a culture, a loving culture, you're like, this just feels so good. This feels so good. But we're actually saying you got to cultivate it and you got to actually demonstrate it, yeah. meaning you have to extend it as well. So in the concept, in the context of community, influence is the flow or exchange of life between one another. What is the children of God in the broad sense? What are they called? The body. What are we called as individuals? Vessels. And what is the responsibility of the vessel is to transfer life to the whole body. You guys want to know, want to know your purpose in life? Is to transfer and exchange life. 
I think people, um, this is why we purposely address gossip. What is, what is one of our, what are they called, um, code of conducts? This is why we purposefully address gossip, because we believe that life should be exchanged, not division and offense. Think of gossip as, I'm exchanging death now. I'm exchanging division. I'm exchanging offense. I think people assume that gossip, a gossip-free zone is um, I think people assume in a gossip-free zone, communication is discouraged. It's quite the opposite. And I think I'll preach on this at some point in my life. Uh, but actually, in, in a gossip-free zone, you know what it's doing? It's saying, there needs to be more communication. Just communicate it with the person that um, you're feeling it with. Make sense? All right. That's why it takes bravery to do what we're talking about. All right. Remember the found... Okay, I just said that. Blah, blah, blah. In order to have a... All right. We're going to end with this. Hallelujah. <laughs> you, know, you know how I said I like to make my um, sermon shorter by just decreasing the font? There's only so low that you could go on the font, which is a problem. All right? Got to be able to read it. All right. See, I, my sermons have only been around 10 pages long. Well, the font's down to negative two, and then I got boom. All right. So, so how, how is life designed to flow in a kingdom culture or a place of covenant? Actually, Scripture tells us that is so that is awesome. Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Say, God of all comfort. God of all. Who comforts us in all our affliction so that, we may have the, may, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now, I know that was a lot there, but I'm going to break it down quickly. Uh, this verse uh, clearly charts out the flow of life in a kingdom culture or a place of covenant. And this is how God designed it. So first, say it with me, God of all comfort. God of all comfort. Meaning God is the original. He's the pattern. He's the source. It's the kind of comfort and love and peace and joy that only God can offer. This is something that I cannot manufacture or drum up. Okay, the challenge this week is I want you to drum up or really work for it, a peace that passes your understanding. Okay, that's the assignment this week. No, really, you can't. How can you drum up a peace that passes what is even beyond your mind? You can't. Okay, when you face trials, count it all joy. That's a little different joy than what I'm used to, right? It's something that he supplies. The fruits of the Spirit is a reflection of being connected to the vine. So I can't drum up the kind of love that he's talking about. I can't manufacture it. I can't drum up the self-control. That's one of the fruits, right? Actually, the kind of self-control that he supplies is beyond what I can even control myself. Pretty crazy. I love that. The fruit of the Spirit, a sign of you being connected, is you control yourself. And it's actually on a level that you can't even do. Pretty amazing. Right? So God has an, a monopoly on what he supplies. So walking in the fruits of the Spirit is an indicator that you are connected to the source or in relationship to the vine. And that's very different from the gifts of the Spirit, which is kind of another sermon. But, so, the first is God of all comfort. He's the source, right? Say source. Okay, the second is who comforts us in all, in all, our, all of all our affliction. So, we open ourselves up to receive the flow of life. So, when we receive the flow of life, what does that mean? I just talked about it. It means we're being influenced. 
So we're in affliction, what do we go? We go to the source. The source then pours himself whatever we need, right? The comfort, the love, the joy. So John 7, 38. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. What? Think of this. We are vessels, meaning we have the capacity to receive and to extend. But here it says, actually, there's a river coming out of you. What is that saying? It means I'm connected to the source. Does that make sense? In the New Living Translation, anyone who believes in me may, may come and drink, for the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. So first, there is an acceptance of influence to the one who believes. Remember when I said influence deals with access. Remember when I said that. So do I allow access? So when we say we believe, it's not just a confession of our faith, but it's an unlocking of our heart. To believe is a permission of access. You guys getting this? When we say, I believe, it's saying you have access to me. You have access to this vessel. So the one who believes continues in the reality by opening himself up to heaven's influence. We know that when God pours himself out, his intent is to fill to overflowing. Right? We know when he pours out, he's like, let's give them more than what they need. So I have some scriptures for that. Uh, it's Romans 15, 13, John 14, 14, or John 4, 14. So think of this. God the source, God is the source. I'm in need. I go to the source, but when he pours himself out, it's more than actually what I need. So where does that come into play? This is critical to understand why we are always promised more than what we need. The excess is always for those that are in need. And then it goes on, so that we may be able to com comfort those. So I become a conduit for kingdom life to flow from me. The source, I'm in need, I connect, and when he pours out, spills over, and from the access, I'm able then to give to those that are in need. So we also know that when our heart overflows, our mouth speaks. Make sense? So the confession of our mouth is not a step, it's a result. Going to finish with this. A healthy kingdom community can only be established when each of its members connect with the source of all life and in turn exchange that life with those around them. What does a healthy community, healthy kingdom community look like? People that are committed to connecting to the source. First thing we got to remember, why is this healthy? Because we have people here that are committed to the source. So when they're in need, they connect with the source. When they're in affliction, they connect to the source. The source is their first response. The second is a people that are connected to heart in covenant. Meaning, because we're all connected to the source, and we're connected to each other in commitment of covenant, guess what? That life that we just received just starts flowing to everybody else. Does this make sense? So they become an open exchange of life between one another. What does it say? So that, so that they may be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by. So what is it saying? Go to the source, get the thing that you can't drum up on your own, but that thing that you can't drum up on your own, you're able to actually extend that to someone else. You see the power behind this? The members can never be a substitute for the source. You know, I can love, but I am not the source of love. 
my wife will tell you that. <laughs> I'm not the source of love. I can love, but I'm not the source. I can encourage, but I'm not the source of all encouragement. And that's true for all of us. There is no church or community that can take the place of your responsibility to connect to the source of life. See, what happens is when we don't connect with the source and we're looking for the body to meet my needs, guess what? It doesn't happen. Because our first responsibility is to connect to the source. And from the overflow, guess what happens? We start splashing each other. It's probably, I don't know, maybe squirting each other. I don't know what it is, right? We start exchanging life. Does this make sense? All right, I know I said that a lot. I need a new phrase. Uh, I got the power. All right, community can only work when there's an exchange of life. When this exchange flows properly, that life always leads back to the source. When it flows properly, the flow of life always leads back to the pastor. No, right? Always leads back to Lynn because, man, he's, he's powerful. It always leads back to, oh, gosh. Was that an um, audition for the team? I wasn't sure. Okay, uh, right? So it leads back to the source, right? When it's done correctly. You'll never really help someone when they believe that you're the source. If, do you believe that I'm the source? I will disappoint you, right? I can't be someone's source. I can exchange life. And the key thing is exchange life. And there are times where you just need to extend life, right? But in community, in family, we need to exchange it. Hey, and guess what? There's times where you don't have the capacity to actually exchange it for whatever reason. And that's why the community rises up and say, let's extend the life that we have. Does this make sense? All right, I said it again. All right, I need a trade market. Does this make sense? No, it doesn't, no. No one ever said, no, I don't think it does, really. All right. You know, if you say that, it means I gotta preach longer because, all right, mom, I liked her laugh there. All right. The, all right, I'll go up to eight-point font. All right. This process only works because God doesn't give you just what you need. He gives you more than enough. See, I think one issue that really does happen is I feel bad. I get in the presence. Oh, I feel better. And then I leave, but I'm not filled to overflowing. Stay connected to the source. Have your attention on the source till you're bubbling over. Does this make sense? Right. All right. Do you comprehend? Uh, uh, all right. No comprendo? All right. Prende? Oh, hey. See? Oh, okay. I'm looking to her that she... Mostar, we be in. All right. That was fourth grade Spanish right there. Those are the two lines I learned. All right. Um, this is why people can't solely meet your need because you were designed to have more than what you need. This is really important. This is why Josh cannot meet my need because I will suck the life out of him. <laughs> why? because I was designed to actually have more than what I need. And he was not designed to actually meet my need. Does this make sense? Oh my, thank you, Jesus, Lord, we just better. You know when I say that, I say, like where I'm expecting an amen, I get silent, so that's why I think that's where that's good. So it's on you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> All right. 
The source is always God, but our responsibility as a body is to keep it flowing. Now, I'm not a doctor here. I've been to the doctor, so that makes me an expert. <laughs> if the blood stops, we might need to call Jody on this. If the blood stops flowing, there would be no life. What happens when the life stops flowing in community? Eventual death. Amen. Thank you. I almost said it there, but I caught myself. I'll just end. I said this three times. I'm just going to end with this. I think that would uh, release a chain reaction. That if the pastor leaves, then I think everybody, right now they're, they're committed to what's happening. It's like when you go into outer space. You're committed. You're going. We haven't broken through yet. You're like, I can't take any more. My influence meter is off the charts. Does that make sense? All right. I will end with this because it is my last point. So it's, it's true. Unless a rabbit pops out and then I go follow it now. So if the blood stops flowing, death happens, right? In my non-professional opinion. Uh, but lastly, influence at its core is relational. Every time you receive and exchange life, you engage in the transformation of the world in and around you, meaning inf influence that lasts or importation that remains is rooted in relationship. John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Spiritual inspiration alone does not produce lasting change. How many of you have ever been at the altar and you got big visions up there? I will do anything, Lord. And by lunchtime, you're like, what was that? What, what did I commit to again? So what, what is the thing that produces lasting change? It's actually the work of the Holy Spirit reminding you and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You can have this spiritual inspiration that a cloud opens, but if it's not the work of the Holy Spirit that is continually working within you in a, in, in a, in a relational way, it won't last. If we want lasting influence in our lives, we must couple it with relationship. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit, but also those we want, we are in covenant with. Meaning, mutual commitment for your success. So how, is, how does influence really last? You stay connected to the source, but you also grab a hold of, you stay connected to those that are committed to your success. Does this make sense? What's the, what's the title of this sermon? The title of this sermon is, Does This Make Sense? Because I'm not sure if it does anymore. All right. Hallelujah. So I'll just go back to reading. If our main influence in our life is only on an informational level, we will perceive we have all the answers, but we will never resolve any problems. Yeah, there you go. Meaning, if our biggest influence is outside information, listen, I love Bill Johnson. I love Stephen Furtick. I love these podcasts, and I love, love that revelation. But if it's only informational, I have a bunch of information that may never really come out in practical use. It could, by the work and relationship of the Holy Spirit. But if it's only informational alone, I'll have a lot of head knowledge, but I might not be functioning in it. 
Why? Because we don't allow someone close enough to make us aware of our blind spots, our strongholds, our faulty belief systems. You know, Stephen Furtick doesn't know if you pick up your socks, right? He doesn't know your dirty laundry. He can't speak into those things. Does this make sense? All right, we're going to play a game. When I say that, nothing happens out here, okay? (laughs) Does that make sense? All right. So we wonder why our good seed isn't producing because we haven't allowed good weed killer around us. What do I mean by that? Sometimes we have this good revelation that we're trying to plant but we never deal with things with inside of our heart because we're not letting anybody close enough to actually speak into it. And guess what? We plant those seeds and all those weeds come up. But we need some good weed killers in our life. Monsanto. All right. It's important that we guard and value those voices that are closest to us. Many times we don't progress because we haven't thrived in the moment we possess. We're trying to live from vision but ignoring our present reality. If we want lasting influence in our lives, we must couple it with relationship. Lord, I just come before you and I thank you for everybody's patience, Lord, and their long suffering in this. <laughs> Lord, but I just pray that the things that I, that I said today, Lord, I just pray that it really lays a foundation for our heart for influence in this house. That we have the responsibility to guard our own vessels, but we also have committed in this body to extend life to one another. Lord, I just thank you for it and give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.